Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now entering the DGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? <laughs> and Jordan did most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing hands is my kryptonite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and uncommon perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Discord channel. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. Hey, DGDC listeners, how's it going? We're back. Welcome. We're back. I am uh, Nick Longo. I'm Mikkel Morrison. And I'm Jordan Wilson. And we are back for a jam-packed episode today. We are going to be talking (laughs) a little bit about proposals and revisiting kind of the new and refreshed things that you could be doing to your proposals with clients, new ones in particular. Um, We're also going to... have a downloadable companion piece with this, and it's a cool little flowchart you can use to go along with it and use it to build your uh, next upcoming proposal. But before that, we are going to try a little something new called <laughs> industry news. We figured every time we meet, there's always something, right? There's always a rebrand or there's always something fun to talk mm-hmm. about in our the industry. The rebrands are the most fun to talk about. Oh, I love it. <laughs> or in this case, not even a rebrand, but like a brand new logo for the LA Olympics. Yeah, I guess that's true. The, that, right? This isn't really considered a rebrand. That's true. Like, yeah, it's almost like the a annual rebrand. Re- yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every four year rebrand. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and I'm, hopefully you guys have seen it. If not, um, take a look at it. It's uh, the LA Olympics for 19, for 2028. Um, the little a little background behind it. It was just released. The committee who put it together was kind of struggling to find there's this tension between the traditional emblems that we see all the time with uh, specifically in sports or the previous ones that are in logos for Olympics. They thought maybe a little static, but then LA is this very dynamic and ever-changing city. So they wanted a basic template. And basically what they did was they had an infinite number of interpretations of the A and the A has been done or art directed, we should say, by mm-hmm. 26, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> a really weird number because it's 2028 Olympics, right? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, you'd think if they just did two more, it would just it put just a bow been. on it. But I think, I mean, just, I assume Honestly, that did, I have to admit, that didn't even occur to me when Jordan mentioned that. I, was like, I know, yeah. isn't that weird? What a bunch of lazy asses. <laughs> yeah, just two more. I, I yeah. would have been, I, I'm a born and raised Californian LA. I would have loved to have been one of those. But yeah. 
the cool thing oh, was for sure for they sure. reached they reached out this to some is so community based it's it is awesome. it is and i think the idea is fantastic right so you picked 26 kind of uh la influenced people that were have a born and raised background are somewhat <laughs> attached to la in some way athletes yeah. Fashion designers, uh, celebrities. It's just like a hodgepodge of LA, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, you have people like, um, I believe there was the, I had it down here somewhere here. There was a few, oh yeah, so you had Chloe Kim, you had gymnast Gabby Douglas, uh, sprinter Allison Felix, um, yeah. and like pop sensation uh, Billie Eilish as well. So they mm. they were commissioned to do the art. Is she the, the only? A. Are there other? Like Reese Witherspoon Reese did Witherspoon. one. Uh, but it was all yeah, led. Yeah, but no, the vocalist, though. I don't know that they're musicians. Oh, she could I'm have been sure. the only one. Yeah. But it was all led. The project was led under uh, local L.A.-based artist Steve Harrington, Stephen Harrington. So good that there was someone in the driver's seat. Because I think it shows. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's a lot of risk with trying to do that that logo that uh, changes. But you have 26 versions. They're interchangeable, depending on maybe the circumstance or the platform. Um, the cool thing about it, too, is there's a very animated edge to these where a lot of these have motion. Uh, they're realizing, obviously, that this will probably live more digital than it will print in a lot of ways. And so mm. with sports broadcasting, with all the video screens and everything else that's going to be online, you can only imagine that they're bringing the logo to life. And I, I think that's a really cool thing. What, what are your guys' first thoughts on kind of this solution? Uh I think, and, and we've sort of talked about this too, right? And you see it on mm-hmm. design Twitter where I think the immediate reaction is always like picking apart those like little choices, right? Like the beveled two doesn't equate to the eight that isn't beveled and like font mm-hmm. choices, whatever. But I think like getting past that conceptually, I'm I'm pretty into it. I like, you know, they, they had a quote on there that sort of tied it together where it was the best way to capture the energy of Los Angeles and the games is through a collection of voices Mm-hmm. And so, like, with that baseline, I would say this is a pretty successful logo. Like, it's doing that, where it's rotating through people's interpretations of yeah. this A, right? Where everything else is stationary. Um, but I think, if nothing else, you know, it is surprising for a few reasons. I think the biggest reason is the Olympics brand forever has, like, just been so closely knit. Like, they, you know, they're super conservative and protective yeah, of their brand. it has not been pop art. Mm-hmm. Just no. Tri- it has not been... Um, this is exactly edgy. That's exactly yeah. right. It's edgy, yeah. and it's comprised of so many identity figures, and not necessarily cohesive as one single entity type of family. It's Great very point. interesting. There is there is some flow, but I love this. There's no one way to represent. That's so perfect for LA. Is that a yeah. is is that a prop? Like you know, like you do have to have that hero. And I know when we like create a system, you always have the hero logo. That yeah. if it if it has to be narrowed down to one logo for some particular reason which one do they use and i wonder do they have that i'm sure they have that figured out in some way And i think this is a different beast because it's the olympics so their logo is still in there it's still the rings that's yes. the stationary like this is sort of the sub brand this is like a different item right like every year they or every four years they release a new but it thing it's going to be interesting to see how they campaign this through and through yeah like, what are we going to see on tv because their fave icon is the street art well it'll be rotating right because like digital this is the first time like branding is just going to keep moving the digital world yeah. yeah and i think that's what's kind of exciting but for purposes of establishing that one recognizable element what will we see the most it'll just be interesting to see if there is that mm general pattern that we observe one way or another do they have a hierarchy of like what what's used 
generally what's used like secondary or something. You never know. But I love the challenge. I love the challenge. Yeah. And I think, again, I think it is achieving the goal, whether or not it's a good or bad logo, which is the debate always in these sort of industry feedback is, I think, kind of mute because we don't really know. We don't know the context yet. We've seen it a little bit, but we don't know how in context it's really going to apply throughout. I would say it's definitely like digitally based, but I also think like it it is really trend forward. It's super, it's in the style of brutalism. So it's, it's Mm -hmm. that style that's Mm. really hip right now where Mm -hmm. ugly is in, but the problem with that is like they're designing for four years from now. And if we know anything about trends is like they have a really narrow and short shelf life. And so in four years, will this look resonate very well? And I'm not sure because they're, Again, eight like years. it is or eight years. Sorry, <laughs> even <Christ>. worse. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's even worse. So, like, you know, I, I, I think that could be a problem. Like, if we're actually going to like try to, you know, be critical of what this is, I think that's a bigger picture. Where I don't know oh, if man. you lean in on yeah. trend now, I, I don't know any trends that are still kicking that are from eight years ago in design. So, so Shit, almost man. a good reason that they took quite a big risk. And and I I have to applaud that because I know when we talk logo trends all the time with like Bill, I'm always thinking like, no, 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 don't follow, you know, don't follow the trend, set it, you know, and here they kind of did. So I don't want to diss it anyway. And I think he'll stand the test of time for sure. Um, Yeah. I was gonna say one really great, uh, I uh, kind of like uh, solution or uh, advantage of having all these logos is their merch. If you look at their merch on the site, they're. They can now have so much more merchandise available for people. And collectors love this stuff. Yeah. You know, like the little pin collectors. You see them at all these conventions. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. I got a, you know, Atlanta 86. And you're like, wow, yeah, great. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they love this. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And even again, the style aside, like, I think as long as they stick closer to the messaging about, you know, and, and pulling in the diversity behind the identity, love then it. I think like, we can at least look back eight years from now and appreciate that whether mm-hmm. or not the style is seems flat or not. Right. Yeah. And again, I, if that was the goal, then I think that's also a succession. Oh, or, uh, you bring uh, up, you bring up a good point. Do you think that maybe just having all of these in their, in their kind of tool bag yeah. allows them to almost be a little future proof because you don't know what eight years is going to look like. Yeah. But it's still like, I mean, the template's pretty stationary, right? It's like yeah. a four by four. So everything but one quarter mm-hmm. of it is the same. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're totally right. Like it very well could just work. Like one of those just might work eight years from now. Yeah. Or uh, they all do still. You yeah. Know, I think that's the way they're going to use it. So, or it's just big enough of a platform where it, that might not matter for them. Right. Or eight years is long enough for a trend to come back sometimes. Like, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and LA is also a very uh, diverse uh, place. Like trying to find one uniform look to represent entire, oh, you know, yeah. location, especially possible. something as culturally diverse as LA is impossible. So impossible. I like that a lot. But I mean, overall, I'm pretty into it right now. I like it conceptually. I like yeah. that the Olympic the Olympics are embracing their you know the inner cool design from their conservative ways. I think that's a huge milestone. Where God, at yeah, least in the future, too. this could be a a fun little change for yeah. them. It is interesting, though. Like, I mean, the the rings, right? The Olympic rings, they're such primary standardized color tones, right? And then you've got this neon. I it, it, it There's some disjointedness that I think I'm just so linear in some respects that it, but there's some bothersomeness. Yeah. Which is, like, fundamental to the brutalism style. It really is, like... Clash. Just, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, yeah. that's what it is for. It's, it, it's sort of, yeah. 
breaking the rules a little bit or we, just disrupting what you should like. Ugly is cool. In that we, we even said uh-huh. that this, this kind uh-huh. of resembled the idea of both. We were talking about the TBS logo and how that is a empty vessel that changes mm-hmm. every time. become imperfectly cool over time, mm-hmm. has it not? I mean, Oh, I love how they use it now. And it, I think we it's really it, deeply criticized that thing. Exactly. At the beginning. And yet it was more <laughs> the model of how it, it will be used in the future, which became you know, it was in, heavily influenced by the MTV logo doing that years ago, yeah. where you know, if you think about it, MTV was, had an animated logo almost all the time on their screen, mm. even back in their heyday, and now totally different. You know? So like, what, a, what a leap ahead that was back then. So Yeah, you know, it's like mid-century modern furniture coming back, honestly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, that, that rotating idea in a mark isn't unique to this at all. We've seen it yeah. a bunch, but I just think it is a good call if you're going to try to figure out, like, how the hell are we going to represent this city uh, with one mark, right? And it's a it's a mark for the digital age, which I also am super into. Like, seeing something this size, right, this entity that is the scale of the Olympics, try to figure out how they're going to live in a digital brand is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that could pave some ways to figure out, you know, just how the future this might work. Yeah. It's easier on a small scale, but much harder on something the size of like the Olympics. Yeah, but definitely check out their website. We were even looking at the website. The website's got some really cool stuff. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. Yeah. It's got yeah. really interesting navigation and some fun ways to kind of look around and see. And look back at old. I love some of the old ones. I, I, I'm a big fan. I think I'm the only person that loves that London one they did back in, was it 2002? <laughs> or I yeah, can't even remember. controversy on that, right? That, that was insane. And it really was great. And then, you could, mm-hmm. then there was like the mascots are another thing to look at and see where they went every year. They have some yeah. doozies in the past that will just make you laugh your ass off. They're just some good <laughs> ones. But uh, take a look at that. Again, we're just here to kind of give you guys some good insight stuff that's happening because it's worth talking about. It's in our industry. And yeah. if there's anything you guys ever see that's worth talking about, just hit us a note on either Instagram or Twitter or on our website. Hit us up on our email address and we'll put that on a show in the future. DGDC is brought to you by Skillshare. Uh, And look, I mean, (laughs) what can we say about Skillshare that I think whether or not you want to learn lettering from master yourself, Jessica Hish, or you want to learn a logo from scratch with your dad, Draplin, like Skillshare is this hub of online learning community taught by your creative heroes. Thousands of classes uh, filled with curious people. You can explore any skill set that you want to adapt. Uh, and deepen it, really uh, get lost in the creativity of the entire platform. And and one of the things we kind of zeroed in on was this idea of like getting back together, doing the podcast, all the things that have happened in the last few months. And one of the ones we wanted to highlight was a great one called Productivity Masterclass. And it is principles and tools to boost your productivity by Ali Abdal. And I got to tell you, this guy is the like the self-proclaimed productivity nerd i will listen to this dude (laughs) debunks every myth of what i believe is so false is that whole idea of multitasking so when you see someone kind of confirm your thoughts and go like yes that's the guy i'm gonna listen to right so 
Myths of, cool. deep, myths of multitasking, looking at the power of habits. Habits are definitely a big part of how you make some changes with this. And he even brings in like the fun side of this thing of productivity, um, specific things that you can do on your downtime that will actually help you to be much more less worried and stressed about it in the long run. So Skillshare offers what we love to see as membership with meaning, with tons to explore, even real projects to create, and the support of creatives like us out there. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish that true growth. So what you can do as a member is you get unlimited access to thousands of inspiring e-classes with hands-on projects from a massive community. And get this, guys. You can get two months free of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash deepend. I was like, two free months? Two whole free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. That's actually a big chunk of time. It's actually amazing, yes. Get started and join today by heading on over to Skillshare.com slash All right. We have a cool little topic we're going to talk about today. Um, and I think this came out <laughs> after we were talking about something in the last one, Jordan, and, and I think proposals came up. You had mentioned this. Hmm. And... I had to look back to see how long it's been since we've talked about it here on the podcast, and it had, it had been a little while. So yeah. um, we thought maybe we would just revisit the entire proposal uh, topic and break it down. We're going to use a, basically a template that I think everyone knows and loves, and then we're going to show where we've enhanced it over the years. Yeah, I think because at its core, <clears throat> you know, proposals kind of do follow a template, but you know, I think where they can really differ and what I found is like it, it, it is hard to templatize the content because it's so Correct. catered to the job. So I think whether or not you you currently are doing a ton of them or if you've never done one, I think it's still an important conversation. You know, yeah. it it's not the sexiest topic, but I do think like it's one that's gonna affect all listeners, every sort of creative out there. They're gonna have to learn to love it. Uh, because it's sort of just like is the other end of the job. I find myself yeah. Kind of working around proposals exclusively yeah. for everything. I might be the odd one because I love these things. Like I don't know what it is about it. it, <laughs> it's, a, it and it's I, I not think even tracks. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and it's not even the it's not even the fact that it's gonna it could be leading to a, a fresh new job or a fresh new project or something that I'm really excited about working with. But yeah, I, I love this part of it. I think I, I like I, I most of my career. We, we the company I worked for, we were pitching all the time mm-hmm. and that we do these proposals in a way to show our worth and to show who we are. And it, maybe there's just something about it that kind of is a fun little thing to do because, again, you can reinvent yourself each time and you get better and you add new enhancements to it each time. Mm. And that's kind of why we want to talk about it. But first, let's talk a little bit about what the proposal is. You know, let's like define yeah. it for folks out there. That's true. Yeah, especially if they've never done it. What's your, your nutshell definition of the proposal? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, boiled down, I think, you know, again, at its most basic, it's a document that underscores the project between you, uh, the creative and the client, right? It's that sort of most effective way to outline the whole project scope, the goals, everything that you're going to do into this proposed document. And, you know, as you develop this sort of thing, it really becomes the guidelines, the parameters for the entire project. Uh, And that's where you start to learn to love them. But again, boiled down, I think it's really just like, uh, it's, it's, you're setting up, uh, the client, a yeah. potential problem, a solution, and then why you're the one to sort of fix that solution for the client. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think too, think of it this way, guys, if you are, 
if a, a great job opportunity or project opportunity comes in your lap via a referral or someone that had already worked with you or a friend or family, and they're going to make the introduction to you, then you can have that upfront conversation with them and, and dig deep, find out what they need, what are their pain points, all those things. And we're going to go over this in detail, but mm. the proposal is what you give back. The proposal is that thing that says, here's everything laid out in a nice communicative way. And it lays out the groundwork. It shows your worth. It's to me, I think of it as like the person, uh, the customizable website to just that particular, you know, person or opportunity. Totally. Right. Yeah. And I think again, you know, w- let's talk about like, what is the goal? Like why do this? What is the goal of proposal? You know, is it worth it? And ultimately like, I think it is the most effective way to not only sell like the viability of the project and you, but, but more importantly, like your vision of the project yeah you're putting it through the filter uh of your value and so like that's the meat of it yeah um and i think because i do get this question a lot where you know the difference between an rfp and a proposal right like and even as a young designer i wasn't i didn't understand you know what the difference was yeah uh but it's super simple for anyone not knowing uh it is just an rfp stands for request for proposal and this is something that is issued from the client to you the creative so if i'm a client and I like your work, I might ask you, Nick, for an RFP, mm-hmm. which would be, hey, can you send me a proposal for this project? And so that's something that we can get into maybe a little bit later, too. But yeah, in its most basic, the proposal is the same in both regards. It's, it's yeah. the meat of this thing. And if it, if, it can, if it becomes from a really big client, and there's potential on this thing is huge, uh, there is a chance that proposal might come with some kind of, a, of payment, and they'll tell you that up front. Mm. Um, pretty much in the bigger level kind of clients and, and bigger budgets there. But I yeah. wouldn't be surprised too sometimes because there's a lot of work to do in a typical RFP because they might be asking for specific things right up front. But what we're going to spend most of the time talking about today is if you have this immediate need to give back some kind of a proposal and how you can make it win them over hands down. That's the whole goal. You want to win this. You want, if they're looking at anybody else, <laughs> you want them to be like, nope, sorry, you didn't even come close. I'm yeah. going with Jordan, you know? Yeah. I mean, a well-crafted proposal, I think is the result, can be the result of you getting better clients of you. And this was the case for me, getting better clients, getting better yeah. pay and better just job security. I think it's something that you should be adopting into your workflow and investing proper time and effort into because it does really, I mean, it really pays off. Yeah. We should come up with some kind of term because we say this a lot, but when you do something once, you build the model for the rest of the ones you'll ever use. So yes. the, the hardest one is the first one, but mm-hmm. it gets better and better because you can tu- truly use what you have as the base and build, customize it per uh, opportunity down the road. So Absolutely. let's get into some of the pre-proposal upfront expectations, really upfront. Your client wants to see the value you can create. Right. Mm. How is this going to help them grow? One of my favorite lines is success happens when value exceeds cost. So if you can prove to them that the value they're going to get from you exceeds whatever that number is on the last page. Yeah. You know, everyone wins. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we're talking upfront work, like there is, I think half of the work can be upfront where this is discovery phase. This is like, you know, going into any project with any new client 
us as the creatives don't know what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. And so you kick off every new job by having a proper discussion with the client and digging through the details. And, and, and you know, this is the opportunity for you to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask the tough ones, right? Sure. Like you're trying to identify a problem. And so this is where you're doing it. Pre-proposal is where you're getting all the information. The proposal is you gathering it and, you know, packaging it up in a nice deliverable for the client. But this upfront work is like, this is where you're building it. Yeah, so. yeah. What kind of what kind of questions would you first ask upfront? And then we can yeah. get into like the maybe the more uncomfortable questions. But upfront, real I mean, quick. It, I think it's your most standard stuff. And it also is dependent on the job, right? If it's yeah. a rebrand versus a ground-up brand. Yeah. Most often rebrands have stuff built in. They have a logo. They probably define their pillars and all this stuff. So my questions might be geared towards... Let's figure out what's not working with this, right? You've done this work. What are we, uh, what's not, you know, what, where aren't we hitting the goals? What are the pain points through this? Whereas a ground up, it's like, well, that means we're probably going to have to establish who they are. We got to find their story. And so my questions might be catered to more towards what's your point of differentiation? Like, why yeah. you, you know, like, why are you the one to do what you're doing? If you're a brewery, why should people choose your beer over the others? What makes you unique, right? And yeah. so I might be building those questions. And I assume you were the same, right? Like, mm-hmm. Just depending on what the job is, yeah, and and I, I think all of us can figure that those those customized ones out while we're live with the conversation. Totally. Always make sure, even in today's day and age, if you can, if it's just a, a video call to be face to face, if you can't be in in person with this person mm-hmm. or with these clients, have that opportunity to talk to them, ask those questions. I like to have a few of the the more common ones put out there. You know, like what yeah. what is the whole what's the whole point of our conversation? Mm-hmm. What what did you even think of looking for a graphic designer or a branding designer in mm. the first place. Right. Yeah. Um, then we can get into those other questions, which is really kind of cool. And I, <laughs> and, and let's be honest, like don't hesitate to, you could, it's all in the tone, I think sometimes too. And it's in the mm-hmm. way you lead into it, but you can ask questions as, you know, as, as strong as, you know, why hasn't your brand been working too well? Yeah. What, what are the competitors maybe doing that you're not? Um, what, like what other uncomfortable ones do you, you get into? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'm not afraid at this point in the career, I assume same as you, like I, those questions, those tough questions are actually where the, uh, solutions are, right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's rarely about like, why are you such an awesome, unique company? It's really like, why, why are you not selling? Why to are you what not? You need to be selling to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. And I also find like the client oftentimes doesn't know what the problem is, right? Like it could be something as simple as, you know, our sales are down this quarter and we're not really sure why. It's like, okay, yeah. well, the problem might be sales are down, but really our job is to figure out why sales are down because why sales are down could be packaging, refresh, whatever. That's the problem. It's less of the yeah. sales. That's just a symptom. But, you know, at this stage, I think whatever the, those questions are, I find the tougher, the better result that you'll get. You'll find the meat. I get that it's uncomfortable, but if you come at it at a place, and it took me a bit to figure this out, but if you're coming at it from, it's not, you're not here to shame them or make them feel like mm-hmm. they failed in any form and, and don't do good. that, right? Yeah. But I think it's better to take it from a place where in order to solve the problem, we have to establish the problem. And 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 I think if you can make the client feel like they've made the right decision bringing you on to ask these questions, like that's a good business decision. Like that's yeah. a success. Yeah. So I reward that and I try to like encourage like, hey, these problems, like we're figuring it out. That's stage one. Like we're doing the right thing. This is what has to be done. Yeah. And as long as we make them comfortable enough, or like it's not a yeah. fail or red flag, like good business move. Like we're doing the right thing. I often find like, also, I don't start with the hard questions sometimes. Like sure. I'll have my template question. Why are you, you know? failing? <laughs> Number yeah, <exactly>. one. 
<laughs> uh, Don't go I, there. Yeah, I, I, I find like I'll have my leaning questions just to loosen them up. And then maybe I'd like to do the tougher questions over the phone or in person, obviously, if I can. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like once you kind of get through and introduce and have a few rounds of questions back and forth, they're more open to talk about like numbers or, you know, actual problems that they might be going through. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and sometimes, too, what's interesting is I've had a few of those where I didn't know if getting into that conversation was going to be comfortable. And then the minute I did, they almost looked at me as like, thank you for bringing mm-hmm. that up. Because maybe it could be an internal issue where one person on the team is very precious and doesn't believe it needs to be changed. And you you yeah. being like a, uh, uh, you know, a, a an added kind of advisor to this role now, people in the party might like that you are bringing that up because it gives them a chance to say, we've never agreed on this or uh, the one person still thinks we're doing just fine and doesn't see that we need to change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right, like it opens up a great time, sometimes a very needed conversation within the people that are stakeholders of the company. Yeah. Um, I've had that once or twice. And one time they even went <laughs> rogue and like hired me on, I think their own personal money to yeah. literally to show the 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 parent company that this was this rebrand was totally needed and wow what a what a talk about a partnership from the very beginning cuz we yep. just the 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 trust factor was there right from the very beginning cuz i was being honest with them and you know so like all this stuff i'm sure you're in the same way you write this down you take the notes if you can record the conversation right like That's even better best. yeah right and and now we're 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 going to go into building it but what it's so important to take away key things language right from their mouth that you put into your proposal it's mm-hmm. those i call them like the magic links right they see those and they're like they're those little bombs that tell them that you've listened. <laughs> right? No, I mean, I, I, and I think that's well yeah. said on two parts. One, you're definitely right where some of my best clients have been the ones that I've had opportunity to get in and get the tough questions and actually like find their real pain points, yeah, help yeah. them discover their pain points and then find solutions, right? Like, and that's, again, if I'm looking at job security, I love that. Those are my retaining clients. Those are yes. the people that I really worked for and I like, they're, they're, they're sort of, the butter to the freelance world. So I, uh, that right there is a huge tip. Take the time, uh, and, and, and use it as an opportunity to think like in the future, this could be a great relationship. Totally. And so, then the oh, second yeah, one is, ahead. yeah, I mean, just sort of reiterating, like investing that time because you can't really make a good proposal without the upfront work. Mm-hmm. Like they are hand in hand. One feeds the other. And so if you gloss over this part, then your proposal will be glossy. It won't yeah. have the sustenance. So, Though we they're won't Easter, be digging they're Easter this. eggs, man. They're exactly. just Easter, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like so, proposals just translating everything this is. It's the translation yeah. for this part. It's one of the only times that I really pull out a highlighter to highlight key phrases and words because yes. I want to make sure I'm getting that in my proposal, you know? Yep. yep. And let's get into that. And we're going to get into like structure page by page. And yeah. we have a we have a cool little flow chart that we will have as show notes on here. So again, you can use this. Afterwards, you can use it as a follow along. We're going to be quite visual in telling you about it right now. So use yeah. this later down the road as you're building your first one. Goes right into the cover page. I think that's a, a no brainer. Um, <laughs> typically, um, I think we both, when all three of us were even talking about this, we make sure we start with kind of it's somewhat in our branding scheme and your colors and your typography are all being used throughout here that mm. match your website, match your email signature, 
right? Like, yeah, another chance to drive it home. Exactly. This is just again cover page. We don't need to dig in, but it's your title. It's your no. I want to spend name, about twenty branding. minutes on cover page. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a seven part uh, podcast, <laughs> two part on the cover only. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, your branding, contact info, totally. date. You know. Yeah, and and the nice thing too is again, like put the client name on there. Show mm-hmm. even if you uh, want to use their. Uh, you know, I don't use a current logo. I usually just have it typed out in a particular way that's uniform sure. to my look and feel. Yeah. Right. So you get right in and that first component, this first little new area is we like to call it the situation audit. Hmm. And this is where you can describe the current state of the client's situation. You can describe the desired future state, like where are we at and where are we going? And basically what we are doing and how we can help you get there. It's mm-hmm. kind of um I look at it as like you would put your objective at the beginning of a case study, right? Yep. Yeah, this is that uh again it and I might break this even into two sections, right? For me, I might have my situation audit where I break it into one, identify the problem, page two, showcase solution, right? And, yeah, and sometimes that yeah. can overlap. Again, these things are fluid. You figure out what works for you. But the basic structure is like you're always going to start with identifying the problem. Mm-hmm. And a good problem statement should be very specific. And I think, you know, should centralize like if you can an exact problem. Yes. Uh, it's much better than having a whole list of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> uh, wow, good point. And, and really, really focusing it to the most important thing and maybe the, something that could be all encompassing because, you know, there's other details, but mm. finding that one umbrella statement that everyone can agree on. Yeah, is super important. Yeah. And, it, and this is also like, again, it's sort of the introduction to what they're going to see. And so, yeah, though it is the problem, I think there's still ways to start off on the right foot and sound encouraging with this situation. Right. And I think it also it's a great opportunity for you to showcase your ability as the expert here. Yes. This is, you know, where you show the client you really understand what they're going through and, and you have this, you know, uh, I, I, let this be your hook rather or, or yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a spot to really flush out. And again, all that upfront work, it's going to really live here. I mean, this is a big section of trying to figure out oh, your, God, yeah. you know, where their pain point is. Um, and then immediately, again, I might section this off into two pages. Okay. So my next page might be the solution, right? Immediately. Yeah. Here's the problem. Yes, it's tough, but I want to fix it right immediately, right? Yeah. And I think this is where you got to stick the landing, in my opinion. Uh, like... If you got them on the hook with the problem, uh, you've identified a situation, like you better be able to have some good rectification coming next. Uh, and this is where I think you also sell your value in this mm-hmm. whole thing. I know people might think it might be with like showing your work. Yes, that plays a part. But to me, m- you know, the best clients I've gotten with proposals has been here where you find the solution and how you're going to fix their problem. Yeah. Which and, is a and- really hard task. I mean, this is. I think the meat, the core. It's making it all about them too, and yes. and then then it's making it all about you. What are you going to do? Well said, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. and as a nutshell example here, I have one that kind of works where it didn't need to expand into two pages, and maybe you've got one that mm-hmm. a good example of that would work that way. But when I was approached by one company, they came with the pain point right in front of them. They said, "We have an amazing product. When people taste it, they say it is the best." Uh, non-dairy ice cream alternative they've ever tried. Their problem was no buyer, meaning the buyers at Whole Foods, the buyers at Amazon Fresh, whatever, Mm. would purchase it because their packaging and branding were not up to par to the competition. Mm -hmm. And so it became this perfect thing that not only do I know 
what the secret sauce is to get in there because every other project we've worked on, we start to see what the buyers of all these other companies were liking. This is your right? expertise that, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So the, the, the situation audit was crystal clear. Your current branding and packaging is not getting you into the bigger and better uh, buyers. Mm. And isn't it funny? We were like, you're not even thinking of the consumer just yet. You're just going, we got to please the buyer first who says, I'll carry you in Whole Foods and then the consumer gets to make the decision. But they're speaking yeah. on behalf of the, the consumer because they know, they really, really know what's going to sell. So to me, that was kind of the, the situation. But I did tell them how we're going to get there is by fully dissecting the brand, going into all those pillars and everything else about it to have some level of differentiation. They weren't, that was their, where they went wrong was they did not have enough on there to communicate why buy this product? Yeah. So that's kind of like my example of totally. what I did with situation audit. Yeah. And I think that's great. Right. And, yeah. and I think we can even like, if we were to find like what makes a good solution, though it is catered to the problem, I still think like uh, a good solution requires a specific course of action. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, I'm going to outline in steps uh, needed to achieve said solution. So if you yeah. can. If you can, this is also a place where I might put in some like hard stats or data to help me mm -hmm. support uh, my case in this proposal. Yeah. Uh, I might, you know, and again, a solid explanation of how the strategy will help the client achieve goals. So your solution should be as specific as the problem I find. If you make it very broad, you know, it just opens up too many doors later on for expectations. Yeah. So this is like just really try to define what's happening because I think if you do the work, there is an in and out here. And you want to be focused, like the broader yeah. spectrum you are with this, you're, you're, you know, we use this as a tool, even going back when we're right in the oh. middle of it and we can't figure something out. This is our, these are our commandments, right? Yeah, what, did we, what did we, 100%, what did we, right? what did we the, promise? Right. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I a well-crafted proposal, it's something that I use throughout the entire project because, and we'll get into the other sections, but you're also going to define the project scope, the deliverables, yeah. timeframes. We'll yep. break that all down. But again, this is sort of taking the entire project and just laying it out there. And so this is something I'm constantly reverting back to. Yeah, Dates, all the time. Deliverables, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So showcase solution, I think it's maybe the most important part, maybe the core of it, right? I mm -hmm. think this is where a client might actually determine whether or not to take you on. Less again, it's not going to be the sexy, here's my cool work. That might help. But odds are they want to know that you can fix their problem. So this yeah. is what you're going to tell them. And I can say value. too, on both ends, I've gotten replies saying, great, but we got much more in-depth analysis from a competitor and we're going yeah. there. And I was like, yikes. Then I got another one that was like, no one has ever done this before. So like, be prepared that you, the better you do here, obviously your your chances of, of nailing it and getting the green light are better. So yeah. wh wherever you are on this spectrum, man, you, you, there's always someone doing it better and there's always someone maybe a level below. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? and that's the thing. Most of the time, if you're doing a proposal, it's likely because maybe the client isn't a referral or they didn't just come to you directly. Even if they did, you still might end up doing a proposal, but oftentimes they might reach out and say, Hey, we like your work. What's your budget? What's your scope or what's your budget? Or, you know, what's your bandwidth right now? We would love to talk about a project you have. And in that case, yes. I'm convinced like, okay, they're probably shopping around. I would, right? Like I, I want to find people that like their work that I've seen. I want to reach out and figure out, you know, what they're yeah. about. A yeah. good proposal can often help weed yourself out of that competition. Um, okay. Just something totally. to think about. I don't think it's always that case, but uh, 
definitely something to think about. So we have our cover. We've identified a problem. We've uh, relayed our solution to the problem. And now, I mean, now we're really going to break it down in the project scope. Yeah. Get uh, into the details, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it, it, it's, it's, this is the time to outline the entire project and the criteria. Uh, and then for me, you know, starting off, this section tripped me up the most because it required me to truly know my process and how long something takes. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I know we all kind of guess, especially in the beginning. You're like, yes, yeah, so a logo takes me whatever, five days, two weeks, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. But I think if you know your process well enough, like this is, it, it's so helpful for this kind of stuff, for pricing, for budgeting, for dates, for deadlines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, that helps. And then, um, you know, just, I think you can, I, obviously no project's the same, but it's really helpful if you have a gauged understanding of, I guess, just how long it takes you, you know? Oh, true. And I think, probably, you know, most listeners and even myself included sometimes are still figuring this out. It evolves, it changes over time, Yeah, you know? And what I would say is don't be scared of this part where you're putting the project scope is, think of it as your best friend in this proposal, the proposal, because it's, it's when they see that number again at the end, the Mm. more bulk you can put into particularly the project scope here is where I think I get the most, um, comfortable feeling that when I'm, when I hit send, I'm very confident. I'm feeling it's good because you don't just list logo design. We've talked about this a hundred times, right? You just never put logo design and a fee. You're going to say brand pillars, strategy, competitive analysis, right? Mm. And then logo system, right? Right. So like you've taken one little entry and now you've made it into like a nice stack of like, oh, wow, look at what this designer with this team is going yeah. to give me. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I'm overflowing with things I'm getting from this person I didn't even know. So list out every detail. I think that's very important. You you might not have to get too much into how many revisions and step by step. What I like to do is at least say what is going to be given to them in their hands, right? Yeah. So let's say it's, I'm going with brand strategy, brand identity, a three to four page style guide and two SKUs of packaging. Then they have a complete, it's kind of a menu of services, right? This is the, if it's a la carte, whatever it is, hmm. you're putting it together and you're putting together that package. Now this should be strong enough to, to obviously solve the problem, right? Yeah. I That's mean, the it, goal. I, and I think you, you said it well when it's like, this is your best friend. Like, this is your wingman for the proposal. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to justify that number that you send in the pricing, right? And like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's also where you showcase. Like, I think solution is where you uh, re- relay the, your value, but this is where you're breaking it down. And I think, you know, you could just, like you said, put rebrand dash new logo. Okay. But that sells yourself short, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also not giving the client the full picture of what they're going to get. And so you do want to break it down. And, I, yeah. and I'll break it down. Yes, there's a limit. I don't want to overstay my welcome. But I also like when you do start to break things down, that rebrand looks very labor intensive. And it's because they are. Yeah. Uh, and so it's helpful if you find yourself in a position where you're still uncomfortable when it comes to pricing. And it's that doesn't go away. It's always a little uncomfortable. But having this... And, and and seeing it listed out, it justifies the cost. And I think it yeah. makes it easier when you want to ask for yeah. a higher cost or price. Yep. Um, it also justifies the time needed. And that's a big one that I've grown to love. The scope is like, 
it's less about pricing. It's, you know, can you have this done in a week? Well, it's like, well, look at the bulleted list. Like, I don't think so, right? Mm -hmm. You need time to discover. I mean, design, deliver, and you can break that down into like 20 brackets if you need to. Yeah. Uh, so I think sometimes just clients don't have a realistic time frame. Uh, but when they see this, I think it immediately gives them a better understanding. And so it gives you the fallback. It gives you yes. the scapegoat. This is yep. this is uh, this is the meat uh, of just justifying the next stages for yeah. deadlines and pricing. So let's let's spend a little time. This is a big page. I think this and the next one are really big pages mm. on this project scope. Let's talk about a few things we maybe added or th things we've learned along the way. Like one thing I have done is where you when you say brand strategy, I have it as like a hyperlink, and they can click on it, and I have a. PDF in Dropbox that will automatically open. And it has a beautiful breakdown of strategy for maybe a current client mm. or a, a, a past project. Where I really went on this one is when we get into talking about a logo system. So it has a hyperlink. It says, for more information on logo system, click here. And that will open up a PDF. Dude, that's that shows so smart. God a perfect damn, like, logo system. It's, it's so smart. Like, in we talked about this and I've made a note on my whiteboard since we recently talked about this and it's, it, that's huge. Like I'm going to adopt that. It's something I didn't have in mind. Yeah, it, man. Cause you would have to explain. And I spent so much you know, time. Mm -hmm. This is in showing examples and sending images and like, no, just fucking put the hyperlink in the proposal. Boom. Exactly. Uh, that's, Gold, anyone listening, if you don't do that, Nick, you know, Nick says you're welcome because that's just so solid. And, and it had, it had, I appreciate that. And it had great results the first time I put it in there. Of course. Because the guy goes, because the guy goes, he even said, like, he goes, I kind of had an idea of it, but maybe a few of the, of the, of the other stakeholders didn't understand that. So you giving me that instant mm -hmm. example was like, like perfect. We, it eliminated an hour conversation. So, yeah. Again, anything you can do to make it clearer to them. Totally. And most proposals are digital anyway, right? Like, you're not going to print it out and just mail it to them. So, like, yep. utilize that. And, uh, you know, when I when you said that immediately, I'm like, okay, I have things like that on my website where I break you're down, already, like, already there. how do you name a, you know, what is the purpose of naming your company? Or, like, because I do a lot of name strategy and brand strategy. And so totally. I'm breaking them all down. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to send them back to my website, which is already great. If they're thinking about me and maybe uh -huh. they haven't seen that like it's just another opportunity for them to visit who you are yeah uh, so maybe have that section live on your website you build that out and then you just link to that for any future stuff like it's yep. kind of smart I, I even took it a step further and it it looks like the pages of my per, my proposal yeah so it's, it's very much in the same hierarchy and and then so it even goes like you wanted to know more about brand systems here you know so a little clip comes out a little <laughs> paper clip <laughs> Just Nick's face on it. Yes. Hiya. <laughs> I'm going to take you through the pre yeah. total uh, like 1950s uh, tutorial uh, video. Yeah. Um, yeah. All black it. and white. That would yeah. be cool. But what else, what, what other things have you done to maybe like help the, 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 the viewer understand something a little bit more? Is it just yeah. more detail? Is it yeah, better? Right. Your copywriting is phenomenal. I'm always, I always love how you do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, ultimately, again, it just it depends on the project. But I will say that for most clients I've experienced that maybe aren't, you know, the bigger ones, I think it's a different ballgame. But for most just regular clients you might get, they don't really understand what discovery means. Like, they don't get that sort of how much work comes into that. Yeah. And so I do break that down into, like, a very bulleted action point of, you know, discovery is, is, is not design whatsoever. And sometimes I've only been hired to, you know, do discovery or a proper brand audit or come up with strategy and maybe they take it internally. Yes. Like I've been contracted for that before. 
And so I've, I've sort of built that out in a, in a better way. Because the design, I think, they might have a better idea of like, okay, we'll go through some you know, design discovery and, and go through, you know, some stylescapes and yeah. questionnaires and then sketches and revisions. Like, I think they might get that, but I do find like discovery is big and also deliverables because it can take a long time packaging up whatever you do. And I charge for that. Like, yeah, it's part of my pricing because again, if they have a logo, like I know it's going to be, you know, 30 different saves. It's the brand identity suite, the system. Well, that's just huge. So those are things I'm going to list out because they might not understand. Like, that's a ton of work and time, and time is just what you charge for. Yeah, um, it, that's a good point. Anytime yeah. you're you're afraid of a certain number on your cost page, mm-hmm. go back to this page and, yeah. and add a few more lines. Add a few, you know, like, that's yeah. the smartest thing. Because I know I even put in uh, things like rights of ownership, like n- getting yes. them used Licensing. to some of the, mm-hmm. yeah, getting them used to some of the terminology that's going to be there because, um, I tell this to a lot of young designers. It's it's the in- first thing to add to just a, a very quick logo job you're doing for someone. If you want to add, if you want to double that rate, you know, put in the rights of ownership thing because they are buying the work from you to use however they Exclusively. want. Exclusively, yeah. I mean, exactly. If you're done, you sh- you know, and most of the times you're going to be sending over some uh, transfer of copyright, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going to be, and so if they own exclusive rights. You know, that's definitely not that's a, you charge them for that. I think, for it. and I yeah. do a lot of illustration work, and there's a lot of gray area where I do find clients don't understand. Like, oh, I'm happy to sell you or make you an illustration, but if you want exclusive rights to that, like, you definitely there's a you know there's an upcharge, or we yeah. can talk licensing if you want it, you know, exclusively for one to five years, five to ten, whatever that might be, or if you just want to use it however you see fit, but I still own it and I can put it on a shirt if I want to sell it or Perfect. whatever that might be. Um, it's also breaking it down into a lot of detail really helps. I find when you need to negotiate cost, because again, if they're, if they're coming under where I want to hit, okay, then we're going to go look at the scope. I'm like, okay, well we have, you know, all these deliverables and I've done this before. We're like, Hey, we need to chop off, you know, 10% when I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll send you the raw files. You guys, you know, you have an internal, you know, production design team. You're hiring me as a contractor. They can do the saves. That's going to save me for, you know, whatever, three hours, four hours, maybe I'll let that happen. Or maybe like we're going to chunk off some revisions or maybe, you know, we're going to spend less time doing like a stylescape or mood boards, whatever that might be. Like this is where you can break off things that, you know, take time and therefore you can sweeten the deal Correct. a little bit. Yeah. And you so don't get discounts. You, 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 you wipe off lines yes. from your project scope. Exactly. So you still got to make it work for you. And so, and, but it's easier to do after they've seen the scope because then you can go back to it and yep. say, okay, well, let's chop off, you know, section four, line, whatever. Because what happens if you get, what happens if you give them a discount? They want another one. Well, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's the value of this. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, exactly. So train them from the very beginning and give yep. them, make sure that, that, so you've got this robust scope. The the coolest part now is this next page, and this is mm. this is literally the bragging rights. This is this is the peacock sa- page, baby. <laughs> this is you saying why us, why me, why this group, Stratton. right? So talk about your experiences and reasons that make you unique and a very good fit, right? Mm. Like you could be unique for for anybody, but a good fit you got to tweak and kind of customize. Going back to what you learned in the questionnaire and the talk with them up front. This is another spot. If they really wanted, if you heard that another person that they worked with was not reliable, hmm. well, you better put reliable in your YS page <laughs> like 20 times, right? <laughs> like, so, yeah. so do, you know, 
this is where you can really put in applicable work too. Like I, my page is, that's important. Um, yeah. My page is, is a set wireframe, but, and it has the blocks of copy that are obviously editable for each one. Yep. But this is where I will drag and drop maybe relevant, um, case study work and really high impact visuals to drive home even more. If they are mm-hmm. a sports oriented company, well, then I'm going to find everything I've done that's related to that. Maybe even a, a one or two rogue ones, but that are still in the same thing. Cause I've had that thing where, I remember going after a toy company and I showed them all the toy stuff I did. And they're like, mm. oh, you might be too toy centric for us. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so so d- now I get it. You pop in one or two things that are in the style of what they're looking for, but sure. maybe are from another industry. Or maybe they just suit better towards like that, that brand strategy you guys are developing. It's like, man, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like a toy. It feels kind of like it could live in this world. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same industry, but like kind of gives you that feeling that we're talking about. That could yep. be awesome because, again, you kind of want to branch out and find your point of differentiation. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. the why us is it, it it is the it's 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 where you're gonna really flaunt your stuff. Uh, yes. it, it's your showboat, and I think it's it's. I mean, for me, it's just the funnest, right? It's so easy. Yeah. It's just like okay, but strategy. You're right. Find applicable work. Uh, you already ca- you're catering this entire proposal around the singular client, and so don't stop here. This should be no different. It should mm-hmm. everything should have like. The filter of this needs to show them I know how to fix their problem. Yeah, here's some visuals. I think that's a great kind of idea. If you take the a word that everything should filter through that word. So mm-hmm. if the whole thing about them was supposed to be effervescent, light, and airy, right? Like you got that in the discovery, you got that yeah. in the conversation with them. Think about that's your that's the guiding force of this page. Like yeah. So turning it, showing in that you, because the last thing you want them to say is like, love your work. Oh my gosh, this was beautiful <laughs> stuff. But it doesn't feel like you've done work in the area we're talking about. So yeah, you've got to craft this. Yeah. you got to craft this. And like one thing I have is mine's in a grid in a way. Mm-hmm. And every other square, kind of like checkerboard, right? So the black squares are photos. The white squares are actually um, either quotes, testimonial, yep. or fun facts like a great fact is like that 85 percent of my current project or clientele came from a referral so anything that gives you um puts a little spotlight on you and your service i think is a great way to look at it i think that's well said you You know know? and again i might even treat these sometimes as what in the beginning i was like okay this is just where i'm going to show photos that kind of resemble what they are or Mm -hmm. like that could translate like maybe other logos i've done or other beer labels if they're brewery but now I know I might treat these more like an actual slim down digestible single page case study of yes. this project I did where I'm still going to like show examples of work, but I might section off like, here was their problem. Here's the solution. Here's how we fix it. Look at these results. And if I can, yes. man, I want to get results from that client that I'm showing. So if it's a past brewery, like, Hey, can we get some numbers? Like, you know, I know your packaging went up. Do you mind if I share just percentages with this other client or can I yes. use this as my testimony? Essentially that kind of stuff. Huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think this is just the opportunity for you to take the client and put them into this scene. You want to like sort of like this could be you. I want this to represent <laughs> your feeling. It really is. And if you if you cater it well enough and you put that strategy behind it, I think this place can be super successful for you. I mean, my, yeah, my page ends with a if you play your cards right, yeah. you might be here, too. Yeah. <laughs> <one day. laughs> 
That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, you just give him a fig number at the end. He dip exactly. Out. <laughs> and, and and throw in hyperlinks here too. I like to have my my LinkedIn totally my LinkedIn page. I think it, 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 if you've made that you know a robust page and you've put in all your stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your Instagram account is curated uh, in a way that you feel proud to show off to a potential client, put that in there as well. I think I I don't know if I. Do that. I, I don't feel the need too much, but I do. I do. I can think of a few designers that have really curated a well laid out um, Instagram feed that yeah. might be worthy of putting it there. Sure. Um, you can obviously go back to like, let's say you put a case study for one of your packaging, whatever, and maybe on there you could put a hyperlink for the entire case study of totally. that thing. Yeah. So if it's already done, if it's work you've already created, just give them a, a, a one click, uh, you know, away kind of glance at that in some way. Um, yeah. right. You don't, the last thing you want to do with this whole proposal is send it off and go like, dang it. I wish, cause you get one shot. Yep. hundred percent. Like y- Let's be you honest. do, you really do, but, but <laughs> this is your be, eight mile, <laughs> but be careful though. Don't, don't give them 80 pages and each page has got 40 links. Like, yeah, I, uh, I, so I think, and I went through that where like I started off just not doing things right, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, now I understand." And then they were like, "Just books." And then I had a one of my first agencies I contracted with. They're like, "It was just it, it, it rang true so well." He's like, "Listen, don't overstay your welcome with proposals. Like, let the upfront have yeah. the bulk, and then when it comes to you and the pricing and the timeline, like, slim down. They don't exactly. want to stick around at the end." So really think about whatever you put in there has to be your number one hits or it has to be so applicable that it just like fits and they can fantasize and visualize themselves into this so yeah if i'm going to uh, maybe two pages right maybe a case study and if maybe we're unfamiliarized or if they sent an rfp and we didn't have that deep back and forth right if they're like here's our problem you know go with and it. here's who we are you yeah. just send us an rfp then then i might also put in like an about me section that isn't just the work but like kind of who i am and what i can do that's a good one. And I think sometimes people are a little afraid to maybe put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to like my about us page or why us page. Also, if like you write, if it's a cold call and then I didn't get that chance to kind of give them a, a, maybe a brief overview, yeah. it has a bit of my history. It has a bit of the, how many years experience in this, this, and this, um, previous brands that maybe I've worked with that I think could be game changers to them. Mm. Um, maybe any awards or things that you, um, accolades that you feel appropriate yep. could be a great thing too. Totally. Um, just again, tasteful uh, and keep in mind this entire thing is a communication piece. So that's what we do best. <laughs> um, man, I've seen some that, and it, that you just kind of like, whoa, 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 hold back. Let's, let's, yeah. uh, that would have been me like, you know, five years neg- ago, get man, some negative like, space dude. in there, have some, have some <laughs> margins, right? Like, yeah, don't forget. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've space been, is always lovely and necessary. We all know this. I have been a terrible, uh, yeah. You know, offender of that kind of stuff years ago. Oh, too. And so. I lived in the just right? over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Cause we're getting into what I think is the, the hardest one, but God dang it! It's the most could be the most important one, or it's the one that's helped me win. I like that win everyone is the most important one because I think I've said that on everyone. But yeah. you're you're kind of right. Okay, maybe it's not the most important, but I mean, it's it the one be, I neglected doing for years, and yeah. now that I do and I take the time, oh, it's a game changer. I think it's the most important one for your sanity. Let's preface with that oh, for your personal sanity, yes. right? As creatives, like this is like let's be honest, thank we God, win on, we're thing. winning on this one. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we should tell them what it is. It is the timeline page. Mm. And that, that timeline page, until I saw a few good examples from some research, yeah. it gives the client that visual overview of how long, and particularly maybe each phase of this, because I work in phases. Oh. My, it starts with project scope and then in timeline, and it'll be in the next page as well, which we'll talk about in a second. But the phases just want, use it as the, in your advantage to show you how long, like you said earlier, these, this bulk of work takes mm-hmm. for you to do properly. And it also plugs in their time that they get to review and get back to you. So it's, it's the first stage of the contract, really, after Project Scope. It's like one of the most yeah. important parts. And that's right? something to even address, too, because at this point, like, for the most part, unless it's an RFP or unless it's just something different, for the majority of my proposals, they are my contracts, essentially. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. a sign page at the end of all my proposals. Yes. Uh, and I think that's kind of how it ends up being. So you are right where, like, this is where, I mean, much like the project scope was breaking down the entirety of that uh, project. Yeah. Well, this is taking every one of those points and then putting dates to them, you know? And, and this is where I say it can really keep your sanity is, like, so often if, if projects get pushed out or missed deadlines, it's, I would say, 99% of because the client is taking either too long to respond or is trying to, you know, scope creep, whatever that might be. But this gives you an opportunity to, like, look at our, we have these dates and I will have, for the most part, for big things, for our milestones, I'll have dates for feedback. So, like, I send you first draft, whatever, first draft concepts, you know, one to three days you need to respond by and then i'll give you the next ones by blah 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 so like you're breaking this time frame all the way down between milestones and timeline and this is also so as a freelancer if i didn't do this i'd be just juggling chaos i wouldn't know anything's landing and so this gives me an opportunity if someone says hey do you have bandwidth in the next two weeks you know even though it might not be on my calendar i can look at this part of a project or a proposal and say oh shit you know i i have all these deadlines i have to work it out within here yeah the more work you put into this section, I think the better return. Uh, and this is where even I said at the beginning, knowing your process, knowing how long it takes you to do things is critically helpful for this scenario right here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably safe to say, too, that this whole idea of the proposal is probably f- it's not for those overnight projects or those do, do in three day projects that totally. they s- still come up. Right. Yeah. Because. I'm already thinking of like something that happened today where a, a request came for something so quick that was like wanting it do so quickly. Obviously, yeah. there's no, t- I could, I, I wouldn't even have time to put together a pro- proposal. Yeah. It, um, and so time where it, where it suffers is I don't get to give him that timeline page. And now I, <laughs> cause I see how strong oh, that, right. Mm-hmm. I see how strong that is now in the, the, the last few that I've won. Yeah. So with this one, when, when I brought back today, like going, I'm maybe, you know, like we're recording this on a Tuesday, right? I thought it was Monday all day. I have no idea. <laughs> I've mentioned maybe next Wednesday mm-hmm. would be when I can get this to him. And he was like, oh, so not Friday of this week, meaning like in a few days. And again, like, you know, you have to now take that time and tell him why. But this is this is kind of why timeline is such an important thing, yeah. because um, in these jobs, let's call them a little bit bigger or more introductory. This is a current client, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is where you get to set the, the boundaries for the, the future of working with that client. Now they know mm. how long you take. Well said. Yeah. Right. You're establishing how this works. Right. Because yep. I want them to sort of cater to my process because yes. I'm the one, again, as us as leads and creatives, 
they're hiring yeah. us to run this project. And so I do, th- I mean, I have the way I run projects and my processes, you know, streamlined to my own work, which is important because I'm the one doing said work. So I do want to like set those expectations. I want to set the mood. This is how things are run. And if you don't do that early on, you're right. We're like, it's harder. It gets harder to introduce. It's like forgetting someone's name in a conversation. Yeah. I can never ask it again. <laughs> or do you ever have the one when someone calls is continually calls you Jamie and you don't, yeah. you can't like, correct I I them because it's been two name. years. <laughs> yeah. For a conversation. But, but yeah, I mean, you are right. We're like, this is, it, it, it really can set and deliver expectations for you down the way. And much like everything else, like you put the work in, it definitely has return on investment uh, here. Um, yep, and and this could be this could be a little on the vague side. It's I go in weeks, not days, with this. And I give a bit of a bar chart showing each phase, and then how they kind of overlap mm. in certain ways or whatever. I, I just want to give them some pinpoint idea of how we're going to navigate through here. Yes, again, it's use it to your advantage. Once you build, I've built mine. I think I have a really great table in a keynote doc. And that's because that's what I use for the proposals. And it's already done for me now. Now all I'm doing is adjusting it based on current workload and mm-hmm. the dates that we are in. So Yeah. And and you're right, we're like cater it to the project. Cause again, some proposals I do, God, I mean, if they're a retaining client, you're right. I, I probably don't do this at all. You don't need to, but no. I will put in pricing, scope, and mm-hmm. and and timeline. Like those sure. kind of stick with me for everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean yeah. depending, but usually. Uh and then, yeah, setting yourself up that templatized situation where you can plug and play. And, yep. yes, not everything has to be, like, the actual date. Sometimes I might just say, you know, here's our kickoff goal, week one, blah, 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 expect this, right? The first through the seventh, expect this. And then the seventh through the twelfth, feedback time. And then the twelfth through mm-hmm. the – I mean, so I'm not saying, like, this Tuesday on the 13th, send me. <laughs> but it's giving yeah. them an outline of, like, hey, this is going to take a month and a half. Here's why. And here's, you know, these sort of Perfect. checkpoints. They Perfect. might shift. It's a proposal. They might say, no, that doesn't work, and then we'll flush it out. But Yeah, or if scope a, changes, yeah, timeline changes. Exactly. Like if they want to add, like, hey, can we add another option or two options to this? We'd like this. Like, okay, well, let's just look at our timeline. Everything's going to move down a week and a half. Yeah. Let's check with my other schedule because I might have other stuff. But, again, it keeps you organized. Good. Don't skip cool. on the timeline. Super important. No. <laughs> and now the most important <laughs> 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 okay, but this, let's call it this summary. This is really where it all ends, and it's kind of your terms. There's probably a, a lot of ways to title this. This could be your the beginning of your estimate being shown, but this is where you're going to show the pricing. You're going to explain maybe, uh, in my case, I would say I'm explaining how my hourly, uh, the, the value-based pricing works because I don't do hourly with them up front. It is more of like we're talking about you're paying for value. You're mm. not paying for hours. Uh, terms of the payment plan, conditions of maybe cancellation, any of those other ones that you feel uh, everything's going to follow up in my agreement. My agreement is, you know, the the real the real sign off and terms. But I guess my thought here is I want to give them one the breakdown of the cost and two the most important things that I'm going to require as far as in my contract. Yeah, and I think you know, again, and you, I know you do it maybe a little differently. I, yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I might even split up pricing in terms on two slides, maybe, right? Just because I, I want to break things down, yes. but also maybe not. And, and if if this is less of like a con- contractual proposal, more just like, you know, a standard proposal where I will send a deeper agreement out, I might keep the terms light to just like you said, necessary things that yeah. kind of reflect cost anyway. But 
you know, I think price is one of those things that we could could spend a lot of time going into because I know it's like such a convoluted. Everyone that's has a, whole a million other, questions. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But the problem is like there's just no singular answer, and that's why it's so hard for. I mean, I remember young designers like you could just hear every answer under the bit uh, under the sun because there just is. It's so catered to the project. But yes. So I don't want to put a hundred percent focus on the costs, and I think. You're right where, like, I just want them to, I am going to put pricing for sure. And because I, I, I want them to understand what they're getting. Yeah. Uh, but I will break that down. And yeah, I'll also include like, hey, I require 50% up front. Or mm-hmm. if, like, again, we kind of break things down into stages. I do that same thing where like, you know, discovery design deliverables, let's say it's three stages. Maybe I'll take 25% up front and then 25% after every stage and we'll sign off on every Good. stage. Just again, that it's a situation where like, a big number can be pretty daunting for some clients, and this is just a way I can try to be flexible. I'll say, hey, if you can't do 50%, like, I'm happy to work that out. Yeah, um, yeah. But I do think, like, in this section when where, you know, I mentioned earlier on, like, kind of don't overstay your welcome, I think this can be that place. Because no matter what, pricing is going to be a hard swallow for clients. It's just, no, they're not, like, pumped. Like, yeah, this is where I get to pay them. Sick. You know, like, they're going to... If you're lucky, they're like, yep, I appreciate that. This makes sense and I value you. But I oftentimes find like no one's stoked about it. So yeah, as long yeah. as you can treat it professionally, don't stand behind your I mean, stand behind your numbers. And the way yep. I find comfort in that is because we did all this stuff before that. So they saw what they're getting. I stand behind these numbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's your tagline. Yeah. I stand by. And there's this little illustration of Jordan standing behind the numbers. But I like that. You know, I, I think where pricing can reflect negativity just inherently mm-hmm. in our subconscious, it's something we don't want to do. It's going to create that icky feeling no matter what. Uh, the value is what you should be focusing on. So, as a whole, when we build this proposal, I'm always and constantly thinking put value before everything else. And the value is that front section that we developed. It's, it's you identifying the problem and fixing it and telling them yeah. how that's yeah. what you should really focus on. Uh, and so just try to think about that more when it comes to pricing, have what yeah. you need to in there, but I'd say get in, get out on the section and really highlight the before. Cause that's the justification. That's yeah. your comfort. That's, that's, what's going to really, I think, sell it too. This will never sell. No client's going to be like, yep, mm-hmm. they charge the perfect amount. We're hot. You know, it's just not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to excite him with the value, not the price. So, yeah. If if I ever feel a little like if I got some signs that my my number could be looked at a little bit, let's call it high or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do is if I have more than three phases, like so if it's three or more phases in this particular proposal, yeah. I will do a certain percentage like bundle discount, like in a way. And it's just totally. a to me, it's more of a, a good faith thing, like because I I've had a few times where someone said, well, we'll go to you for the packaging, but I think we're going to go with someone else for this. And, and I know, I understand I've been on that side of the, the equation too, where you're, you're, you're pitching it out and you might, you might want to break up this project. I give them the, the incentive to do it all with, with me. You yeah. see, you know, uh-huh. um, so only if I felt if there's some, been some kind of like feeler that there was some mention of that. Um, and again, is it really a discount? Like, <laughs> I'll leave it up to you guys to figure that out. I, I, it's not I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, you're right on two fronts where like, yeah, maybe it's not a discount, right? Or it's just like, and, or there is benefit of like, okay, you're going to bring me on for more work. There's security. I value that. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe I'll shave off a little, 
right? Or maybe just like you'll, yeah, whatever that looks like. Worth it for me. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, god damn, isn't it the worst feeling if like, and I've had this happen where like they paid me to do the brand work to build everything out. I sent it over, and it's like, okay, well, we can't afford you to do all the packaging, so we're gonna yeah, yeah, in-house guy. exactly. And it's just like trash yeah (laughs) they just beat all that work into just something else and it's and and so for me there's sometimes value in not letting that happen because my you know my poor ego can't take it so (laughs) (laughs) it hurts i mean it's worth a shot i mean i i'd say i put it in maybe one third of the proposals of the last year Mm -hmm. um it's worked in the when I needed it, and then I didn't have it in there where it, where I didn't feel the need. So it was yeah. like, and I think yeah, kind of worked. Okay, it where it's not package discounts because I'll do the packaging, but I'll say like, here's the mm-hmm. rate for this, here's the rate for brand plus packaging plus whatever you know whatever oh, they might go. need, right? Like if it's a brand, yeah, brand, yeah, you're right. And so like, don't just say discount. Just say here's our package offerings. Like you're gonna need these after at some point. It's helpful to yes. get started as one and just have cool. that kind of listed out because then they might just be like, yep, okay. Let's go for it. Cool. Yeah. So, so we've got our, we've finished our proposal. We are wrapping it up, packaging it up, putting a little bow on it. Yep. What next? So like communication <laughs> of it, like, um, and we understand now probably harder to have that conversation live. Let's say if you're in the same neck of the woods and maybe mm. there's some reason you can't meet live. Um, next best step, next best step, do it over video conferencing. Do yep. have a conversation, even if it's a phone call. And you've sent it to them and you're like, I'm ready to, to go over with you. Don't you find walking, walking through them, walking them through this a little bit? Dude, with, huge with advantage. anything, right? With, yeah. Because so often, and, and I think every creative knows, you send over, right, like options. I don't ever want to mm-hmm. send them over any sort of concept options without me being there to explain everything. Because yeah. then they're immediately just going into this different place where they might not follow where I want them to mm-hmm. so lead. And, and, and. Proposals definitely follow suit into this. Like, if they have any immediate questions, like I want, I want to address that right off the bat. And if it's something where I know I'm like either competing for or they're shopping around, like I think there's better odds if I'm there to immediately address yeah. anything or clarify because you can't put everything in it anyway. Yeah. Um, and so even with pricing, maybe this could be a, a point where live and oftentimes I might not break down all my stuff, but I'll say, hey, I'm flexible in these ways. Also, whatever. If like I see that they're hesitant by a big number. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say rule of thumb is always try to be live for anything like this. Um, mm-hmm. And what is your thought? Because I also know designers here, like, well, I'll send it a day before and then we'll go over it. But I'm like, well, that still <laughs> creates the same problems, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know what? You what I've done too is now the whole share screen kind of vibe, where yeah. it, everyone's so much more comfortable in doing a, a Zoom or a video call now more than ever. So take advantage of that, and I'll be like, let's set up a call. We'll, we'll start talking and then I'll do the shared screen. I'll mm-hmm. say, Hey, I'll send this to you after, but I, I'd love to introduce it to you page by page. You could be very, can- it's just the same way you would do it with any conceptual art. You're right. Like I don't want them to breeze through it before yep. and personal preference kind of play some role. That's a good point. That's something yeah. where, especially during these times, you know, it, 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 people are way more just open to doing shared screen or just being in video anyway. And so yeah, I I love and my process now is like if I can just not send it to them at first and go over and they have mm-hmm. to look at with me page by page so they don't they don't immediately see just the problem and go right to like the price. Yeah. Like I don't want yeah. that. I want to take him into stages just like how we curated this to be a linear beginning to end. There's a reason why the solution and the value stuff is before pricing. There's a reason why, you know, 
all that your timing is before pricing or you're breaking down stuff before timing your scope. And so I would say, yes, best case scenario is like you go over in person so you can do it. Totally understand nowadays you can't, but shared screen is that best solution. And there's plenty of free options. And then the cool thing about it too, is it just opens. If you, if you're uncomfortable with, you haven't worked with anybody outside of your own location, neighborhood, town. Hmm. Um, Now I, I think it gives you the, the, the freedom and a little bit more, ah, this, this, I could do this now because mm-hmm. the, the, the liberty of being on zoom calls and everything else is so, so much stronger than ever before. Mm-hmm. People are fine with it. Take advantage of it. And maybe you're now working with your first client that's out of your neck of the woods. Yep. Um, so broadening your spectrum there as well. Yeah. Um, and it's something that takes, like, it was very uncomfortable for me to do this early on, especially my first bunch. Like, it took me yeah. a while to really figure it out. And it really only came with, like, just understanding and valuing the process and, like, figuring out how I operate to feel comfortable then taking someone else through, right? Like, you can't really teach unless you know. Yeah. And so if you are uncomfortable with it, I I it, I was the worst at it for so long. But it does get easier the more you do it. Like, mm-hmm. it becomes secondhand. And so if you're... Again, if you don't do proposals, like you should just be doing them to get comfortable enough. So when you have to do this stuff, you're like, boom, I know, I know this thing back and front. I know why yeah. it works. I know every section. And now I can just focus on like the meat of it and not have to worry about the presentation part. Cool. Yeah. So to add even more stress to that, what do you do if it's been three days and you haven't heard from them? Yeah. The three day rule <laughs> applies. It's universal. It's dating. It's, it, it's everything. Right. And pretty there much this go. relationship is a dating relationship in itself. Like, it, you know. So yeah. I, I, I'm the three day rule kind of guy and I'll let him get that. And then it's important though, after I do, after I'm done presenting, I, I do like, I don't expect any, uh, if you have any immediate questions, let's talk about it, but I don't expect an answer right now. Take yeah. like three days or get back to me middle next week and we can go over anything. If I haven't heard from them by that point, then yeah, quick follow up. Like, Hey guys, like, uh, would love to hear if you have any questions or if I can answer any immediate concerns or, you know, cl- points of clarification, happy to jump on a call blah 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 like here's my contact info i'd say nine times out of ten that solves it right like i mean yeah yeah i think oftentimes like oh yeah sorry we just mm -hmm. which i do that all the time i get it yeah uh yeah or some are they'll give you the okay right at the call and like this looks great let's go and you're like wow that was something worked here you know because there's let's face it they're in uh you know no two clients are alike they're in different time periods of their project and their launch, mm. uh, their, their financial situation, uh, their ability to make the decision without checking with the committee. Yep. So there's so many variables, but just all you're doing here is you're giving it your best shot by following this and figuring out particularly the first one to me is always the hardest. Always. And again, <laughs> man, you will like, hopefully you turn into someone that really loves doing these because it's, if it's an exciting time to be to pitch for business, it's an exciting time to prove your worth again each time. You yep. know, yeah, and it's a fundamental part of what we do. It's something that, yeah, again, it's not the sexiest thing in the in the basket, but like, goddamn, does it have some ROI? Like, it can really yeah. work for you. And as a freelancer, and if you're out there kind of running your own business or starting to, like, this is the kind of stuff that gets me up in the morning because it works for you. Like, it, I mean, it yes. actually goes out and does your work for you after you spend some time in it. It's like passively helpful. Mm-hmm. Whereas so often than not, like, I don't, you know, that, that doesn't happen. Like, cherish those things in this yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably why you hear so many designers say, oh, my God, it's been two years since 
I've uh, revamped my website. It's probably because they're doing pretty damn good proposals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like a badge I, of honor. Like, well done, man. <laughs> ex- yeah. Ex- you know, so, um, or they're just killing it and, yeah. and, in, in some other way. But for me, what it's good at is it, it's getting me to, it's not as super in- aggressive to say, oh my God, to build four new case studies for the projects I just finished for my website mm-hmm. are going to take a ridiculous amount of time and work. <laughs> real work is always on the front, the front burner, right? Yeah. So at least with this, you're getting a chance to uh, invigorate your your proposals and everything with some of the newest, freshest jobs you've worked on or something that you're really proud of. So yeah. again, it's a little more um, quick and 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 right to the point. Um, hopefully it's going to help pro- propel you to something that's a bigger and better client down the road. Um, having this in your arsenal, maybe even putting one together before you've needed to mm-hmm. is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're already kind of already getting in that space, right? I am with every job. It's like, it's so embedded in my brain now where I'm like, okay, how am I going to set this up? I'm just building out a proposal in my head because that's how yeah. I attack projects now. And I think yeah. that's a good habit to try to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, again, if you guys want Nick put together a really helpful just sort of checklist or sort mm-hmm. of like a, a guide to how he and I and most creatives sort of structure their proposals. And you can find that in the show notes. We'll link to it wherever we link to stuff. Show notes probably good. Instagram, <laughs> website, whatever. Uh, Wherever we put the stuff, you'll find you, it. I mean, we <laughs> exactly. know how it works. You, Come on. Yeah, it's 2020, y'all. <laughs> uh, so check that out. And uh, yeah, I hope this was a helpful conversation. Uh, and let us know if it's helped. And let us know if there's anything we missed. Yeah. Or do you have one special little kind of thing that you add to it that has won a client over in the past? Oh, I'm always hunting for those secrets, y'all. Definitely. Right? Get in my DMs. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but uh definitely either hit us up on our discord channel uh show notes um we'll have some uh social media posts that will be relevant to this and that's where you can kind of put some content and some follow-up we'd yeah. love to see that we're really pushing you guys to give us a lot more engagement so we know exactly what to start building for the future episodes uh we hope you enjoy this one um this is nick and jordan saying so long Right, guys well this kind of new thing that we were thinking of doing and this gives us a chance to put a spotlight on something that we've seen out and about social media something going on in the industry that we think is worthy of a dgdc shout out so mikkel what do you have for us today <laughs> my shout out is james o'connell he's an amazing illustrator that's specifically in the product arena this guy is super creative with like more current modern ideas wrapped into credit card, financial space, ga- um, payment gateway. Because um, that could get so it, it can yikes, it can right? it can be, be yeah. so mundane. So he's really helped us hmm. um, think outside the box with respect to how to feature security, other than just the stupid lock or the shield. Sure. I mean. His work is incredible, so it's really been uh, he, he achieves at what he, at what he does, and you may recognize some of his artwork out there. Um, he's on Dribble as James O'Connell, and his Insta handle is James underscore Matthew three. He's incredible, um, and you'll see what I mean. He does have just this um, way about his style approach that is 
combining stroke weights with solid fill and pattern. And I'm typically like, less is more, don't confuse my vision, but it, he does it so beautifully and in a sim simple way that it's really quite beautifully done and it's super attractive. So check him out, James O'Connell. Shout out to you, bro. Excellent. Anything yep. that can show us something in a different light, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I get, we all get tired of the same old, same old, like the EMV chip, come on. I, I, have, I don't want just. <laughs> I have a slide in one of my notes to stu my students, and it has the handshake, but in very fine print, it says cheesy, cheesy handshake <laughs> Shutterstock image. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The clip art. Yeah, I know. <laughs> cheesy. I love it. Cheese platter. <laughs> Cheese platter. That's the new one. Jordan, what do you have? My shout out this week goes to uh, the girls over at Pander Design Co. Uh, Pander is a creative studio led and run by Roxy Prima and Phoebe Kornig. Uh, I think that's how you say her last name. And honestly, they specialize in murals, but they're both phenomenal designers as a whole. But I think the real gem of them is they're they're building this huge business right now off the ground and they're taking designers and creatives through every step of the way. And, and they're they're doing workshops and they, you know, they're putting out uh instagram lives all these q and a's just like how do they run their business because they kind of took it from like conceptual to yeah. this huge thing i mean they're kind of leading in the in this side of the industry right now and so and they're really accessible they're super transparent uh and i would welcome any creative who wants to be inspired by dope work but also just like how to figure you know their business stuff out to give them a follow and reach out and just get in contact with them uh, they are, you can find them at Pander Design Co. And that's P-A-N-D-R. Yeah. I think they're super active on Instagram. They do have a website and they also are like deep into TikTok, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not familiarized with that territory that's as much, but apparently yeah. they they say that they're getting a ton of work on that huh. side of the fence. So that is so crazy. I love yeah. hearing that. Cause ladies yeah. who paint, they are so cute. Aren't they oh, amazing? They're awesome. Yeah. They, the, what, they are doing such good stuff for women in design. Like, they're spearheading such good things to get the names out there, you know? Yeah. And and they truly do. Like they're delivering some insanely helpful insights into how they're operating their business. And it's really, I mean, just having that transparency with any creative is always rewarding. And I think they're doing it better than a lot of people right now. Awesome. And they were the first to, I think, even start putting out things about, uh, uh, resources through COVID and all the things that were like the, yeah. the loans and everything. They were one of the first to put all that out there and they got like their accountant guy to do a live stream. Yeah, they did a whole Q and a with like their tax guy and their accountant to figure out all how that those loans worked. And Amazing. like, again, it was just stuff they were just doing for free to get involved. And, and so definitely check them out. Good. We have a great community, man. So good. <laughs> oh <my> right. God. <laughs> I love that. Well, mine is a fun one because I've been following this guy, Matt Stevens, for quite a while. He's just an incredible designer. Hands I mean, down. he's the best in like every way. She oh, had God. Him, right? Yeah, <laughs> they, they, there's certain people and it's just this quiet storm. You just see you look his stuff and you're like, whoa, where is this all coming from? And it's such an yeah. incredible artist. Love those people that you can follow and see inspiring things every day. And what he did is he took a collective amount of his work that he did as a passion project and turned it into a book. It's called Good Movies as Old Books. It is this incredible hardcover book that basically has all of the art that he did. And he just did some of the coolest ones. He has Karate Kid, Mad Max Fury Road, John mm. Wick. And he turned these 
good movies into old books and they look like they're all weathered like the paperback yeah. book you would have got at your public library it's like vintage right? styled books yeah. the interpretation is unbelievably and solid every single one i've already wrote to him and said he's got to turn the speed racer one into into a poster because it, it it's is so good so gorgeous you can find it at hellomattstevens.com. You can see his book there. Again, we no affiliation with these people. We just really want to kind of <laughs> give them that shout out. If one thing, too, not only buying the book is something that's on my list, but we always talk about what a passion project can be like. And this has just shown what a great thing you could do. You could take two passions that you have. If you're a big film buff or you like old school music or whatever, I know Jordan's going to do a yacht rock book pretty soon here soon <laughs> <laughs> just album covers dude I live yeah in like what turned something you're already super into into that passion project and i think this was just a great example to see so there you have it we have three really great ones to share with you guys go check them out they'll be in the notes what an episode you know where to hit us up we are at dgdcpod.com that is our website and on instagram and twitter we are dgdcpod as well that's where we'll be. We can find you guys there. You can click on the Discord channel, which is in the community button. We're slowly building that up, finding a few, uh, finding some some real good uh, old school fans on there and listeners that have been there for quite a while. And thanks for reaching out to us. But we're going to do our best to keep that community growing. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Any last words? Good. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> Hey team, this October, join the entire DGDC team at Adobe Max. The annual creative conference is going online October 20th through the 22nd. Max is sure to be a creative experience like no other. Plus, it's all totally 100% free. With 56 hours of keynotes, luminary speakers, breakout sessions, workshops, musical performances, and even a few celebrity appearances, Max is going to be the place to build your skills, help you achieve your creative goals, and gain tons of inspiration. And did we mention it is totally free? You'll explore over 350 sessions across 10 different tracks, hear from amazing speakers, and learn new creative skills. All totally free and online this October. And plus, we have a huge guest that we'll be interviewing. You'll know more about that later down the road. But for now, register at max.adobe.com. We'll see you there.